Who's ready for season two? Welcome back to Kylie Says. If you're just tuning in, welcome to season two. We have a new set of music. We'll have some fun new interviews and we'll have new topics, some of which I have been afraid to address. And that is why they are coming out for the very first time. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you're just stopping by, welcome. This is a podcast where I will share my journey, my perspective on so many different things like human design, wellness, motherhood, career, life, manifestation, so much more. I'll interview some amazing people that talk about fitness, about wellness in general, about health, and how to live your best life. Everything that you'll find on this podcast is true and raw and unscripted. That is one of the things that I think makes this podcast so different and so unique. If you have not yet listened to any of the other episodes, I highly recommend starting with episode one. Episode one will give you a good look into who I am and why I am here and why I am using this platform. I'm in recovery from a terrible eating disorder. I have opened up about it for the very first time publicly on this platform and I have made some amazing connections with other bloggers and podcasters and influencers as a result. My goal with this podcast is to make someone feel less alone, more heard, and part of a community. I am a huge fan of human design, so you will also find a lot of human design-centric content here. That is something that I think is truly going to change our generation and the generations that follow us. And I'll talk a little bit more about something that I've been creating on this side. So if you have an interest in human design, you have A, come to the right place, and B, you can get a ton of information. I'll also give resources, and in every single podcast episode, I'll be giving out links, but I'm so happy that you're here, and I cannot wait for us to go on this journey together. Welcome to Kylie Says. You found your millennial mom best friend, and I'm so excited. I love Taylor Swift, but I can rap a Drake beat like nobody you've met. I'm a mom of two kids, a champion for type 1 diabetes after my daughter's diagnosis, a basketball wife, PR executive, busy Bay Area mom juggling work, life, friendships, and more, trying to manage my health, my household, and my day job without having a mental breakdown. I'm in recovery from an eating disorder, I'm an ex-child star with an IMDB profile to prove it, and obsessed with all things human design, spirituality, manifestation, and high vibe woo woo things. Thanks for stopping by. Season two is here and I'm so excited. I'm in a hotel room right now. I have a glass of champagne right next to me and there's a spider on the ceiling. So in true fashion, my life could be a movie. This is literally another example. I took a brief hiatus and honestly, not other than I went to bed one night on a Monday realizing that it's Tuesday the next morning and I release episodes Tuesday at 9 a.m. And I did not have the energy. And then the next Tuesday rolled around and we were going on vacation. The next Tuesday rolled around and we were on vacation. The next Tuesday rolled around and we were packing to go home from our vacation. The next Tuesday rolled around and we were packing and getting ready for me to go on a solo vacation. So all of these things have been happening during my sabbatical that 
just made me want to take a brief hiatus from the podcast. And it also made me realize that I wanted to do season two. I think that I had enough episodes of season one where I could realistically start a brand new season with a brand new attitude, a new perspective and covering different topics. I saw that on Spotify, I had multiple five-star reviews, which also just made me so happy. And it truly was one of those feelings where I had taken a break from everything podcast related because it truly is like another job. And I just was so happy to happen to look there and see that. No, it's not a ton of people, but that doesn't matter to me because it's the people that are actually taking the time to leave a rating or to leave a review to let me know that they've listened and care about the content that I've created. That means so much to me. So thank you so much for anyone that's listened to this podcast, especially my bestie who listens to literally every single episode. And then we text back and forth about it afterwards. I wanted to talk today about something that I was reading a book about that I found at Target. And the book is about motherhood and creativity. And I hadn't actually ever really seen a book specifically centered on how your creativity may wane when you become a mother. And I thought that that was an incredibly interesting topic. And so this book is basically following a mom who has three kids and she's an author and she had to write an entire novel while she's raising her family, raising her kids. I think she had just had a brand new baby and her husband is going into work. She's managing the household, managing lunches, trying to write this book. She just took up photography. She has due dates. And it's so overwhelming thinking about all of the deadlines and all of the things that she had to do. And it just really got me thinking that every single mom I know, whether they have a traditional corporate job, whether they have a non-traditional corporate job, or whether their job is household and family, working from home has so many things that they have to balance on their plate that sometimes it kind of diminishes that creativity spark that we all love so much within ourselves before we have kids. And it got me just thinking about so many different things. One of which is the simple fact that before you have kids, if you're anything like me, you are using your creativeness in a different way. So for instance, my job as a PR person, I'm using creativity at work to think of ways that we could creatively pitch a story, ways that we could creatively pitch an outlet, a reporter. I'm identifying new ways that we could launch a product, that we could take a executive's, you know, an executive's talk track and utilize it in a new way that we haven't before, tie it to some competitive narrative. So I am constantly trying to utilize my creativity in a corporate sense related to people, products, and services. But what you how you use your creativity as a woman outside of work is like how you curate your Instagram feed, how you style your outfits, the types of bags and jewelry and accessories that you use, the colors that you purchase, the way that you decorate your home or your space. All of those things are your creative sense coming to fruition. Like every single thing that you buy, this is serving some sort of your creative purpose. And it just got me thinking about the fact that everything that we do in motherhood is actually based in creativity. So if you think about it for a moment, 
the way that you run your household is going to have a different creative flair than any of the other moms that you talk to, your best friend, someone that you just met, etc. Yes, there may be synchronicities. Yes, there may be something that is relatable. Oh yeah, like we try to do that or whatever, but you are going to have certain things that are really meaningful to you. Like having the, my best friend has her toys so freaking organized, it blew my mind. <laughs> and just little things like that. So having a tidy house, for instance, there's a way that you'll creatively utilize that energy to clean your house or to have your kids help put things away. Whether it's anything that's related to the the play kitchen has boxes and bins with fake bread, fake knives, fake, you know, fake pizza, fake grocery store things. I'm using this example because my best friend does this and I didn't and I thought it was genius. It's all in the kitchen. It's in the kitchen freezer. It's in the kitchen oven. Like so that her kids know anytime that they want to use anything related to the play kitchen, it is in the play kitchen. Where at my house, anything related to the play kitchen is in 100 different boxes because no one ever puts anything away. And it infuriates me that people don't put things away. So I have to basically just grab everything when it's a mess and just throw it somewhere. And then I started to slowly realize, well, no wonder no one knows where to put anything because I've never instructed them. All of the kitchen items go in the play kitchen. And it's just as simple as using your brain to think of new creative ways to structure your life and your household that makes such a huge difference. And I honestly have just been thinking about this even more. Sorry, champagne break. I'm taking a sip of champagne. So if you think about this from the sense of how you decorate your home, the colors that make you feel good, the colors and the theme that you want to decorate for your new baby room, you know, how you, how you get an outfit together, the, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you color your hair, the colors that you get on your nails, all of those things go into your creativity. So this isn't just about motherhood in general, this can be for anyone, but it really got me thinking about the fact that so many of us before we become moms or and again this might just be me I'm someone who daydreams a lot that's something I'm a visual daydreamer and I can look at someone and kind of get like this visual download on what their life must be like or who they must be and where they must come from the story that kind of goes along with their persona and in talking with my best friend she was telling me like that might be one of my gifts is kind of like this intuitive download that I get with certain people who might be more open to those sorts of things or have a more open mindset where I can literally be sitting with them or listening to them and watching their body language and watching them engage and get just a download about who they must be. And that does not happen for me with everyone, but it does happen to me with some people and it happened to me a lot when I was just in Hawaii on my sabbatical. And my point in saying that story is that growing up, I would visualize everything. I would visualize who I would marry, what my name would look like, how I would sign my name, how I would write all of these things about myself, I would kind of consistently visualize. I would visualize what my children would look like, the type of mom that I would be, the type of activities that I would do with my kids, the type of things I would do with my husband. And I just think that when you actually become a mom and you have the opportunity to f- to basically live out some of those creative fantasies, I guess, because that's basically what it is. It's an, It's a vision that you had that now is becoming somewhat of a reality, even if it's, you know, in my head, my kids looked a little different or in my head, I was living somewhere else or something. It's just the simple ability to creatively say, oh, I actually didn't know that I'm using something specific to me and how I build my household. That can be what you make for dinner. It can be the way that you teach your kids to to put something away, the clothes that you dress them in the way that you organize your 
or their rooms, the way that you cook, the books that you're drawn to. And one of the things that I found really interesting in this book I'm reading called Beautifully Brave, and I can link it in the show notes, is the simple fact that we don't do a lot of things that we used to do when we were kids that we found joy in. Like I vividly remember I used to love singing and being in the center of attention and I still love singing. And yeah, I guess I like to be the center of attention too, but I have never really like sang in front of people at like a bar or at a karaoke bar or something. And that's like on my bucket list is one of the things that I want to do because I always get too nervous. It's so vulnerable and I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it as the years have gone on. But I kind of started like trying to sing in front of people in my sorority days, but I was never comfortable enough to actually feel like I was giving a good performance. (laughs) I felt like I was always just trying to, oh, I'm pretending I'm a good singer. So I never was a good singer. So that's like one example that of something I loved to do when I was little. I also loved to swim, not in the sense of like, I'm going to go swim a 300 meter race. I hated swimming like that. I like to make believe swimming, pretending we're mermaids, jumping in the water, having competitions, doing, you know, cannonballs off our diving rock because yes, we had a diving rock, not a diving board because our pool was not deep enough for a diving board. So the diving rock remains legend. And that was like fun to me. And now I could be in the, my daughter and I were in the water for like 40 hours the week that we were in Hawaii because we woke up and went to bed literally in the water and just splashing around, playing, having a drink and just being in the sunshine. Like that was something that I loved. I also really loved playing sports when I was younger, but I didn't necessarily love the practice of the sports. I didn't love having to like do all of the routine I kind of like to just like getting up and going for it. And that's relatively similar to like my workout routine today. I try to keep it relatively structured, but at the end of the day, the main thing that kind of drives me is the fact that I can get there. I can decide on the spot what I'm going to do. I can do it, do my stretches and get the heck out of there and get back to my day. And it's, It's just something that I feel like we kind of lose when we become parents, because not only are you only trying to think about your own schedule and what matters for you, but you become so inherently overwhelmed with everyone else that you need to take care of. And the fact that no one's really taking care of you, that it's almost like you lose a bit of that creative spark that really helps make you who you are. I mean, to be totally honest, it, it helps give you that sense of purpose and that sense of passion that you had before you had kids. And so I really wanted this episode to make you kind of stop and think, what is something that you loved to do when you were a kid? Did you love to do hair? Did you love putting on makeup with your mom? I loved putting makeup on with my mom. I would steal her lipsticks and put them all over my face when I was little. I loved dressing up. I loved doing like having these beautiful princess dresses that I could put on and pretending like I was a princess. And you have to think, okay, if I liked dressing up, storytelling, I liked making, you know, videos. I liked poetry. I loved poetry. I would write poetry. I would write in my journal. I would write fake stories. I would, you know, I, that tells me when I'm thinking out loud, okay, I loved to journal. I loved to write poetry. I loved to read. I loved to storytell through, you know, make believe and dress up. That tells me that I love things like creatively using my mind to 
visualize what other lives might look like. So maybe travel would be good for me where I get to actually put myself in some other people's shoes so that it can enhance my ability to storytell. I love to be able to write. I love to be able to reflect. It's really important for me to be able to actually, let's say, use fashion as an outlet. Having a creative outlet is super important for me. And that's kind of how you can also look at what your kids enjoy and what that might actually mean. My daughter loves make-believe. She loves to be the mom. She loves to be, she loves to have the baby. Sorry, hold on, champagne sip. She loves to color. She loves to paint. She's incredibly creative. She loves ballet. So she loves like the slow movements. She loves, she loves the game. She loves the make-believe. She loves the characters. She likes to, anything with her is play, play, play. She's the energizer bunny and she can literally go all day. Where my son is very different than that. He's not really in love with the water like my daughter was. He had to sit on the lounge chair literally hours a day while my daughter and I were playing in the pool because he did not want to be playing in the pool. He wanted to be in there for maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, and then he would be out and he could do something else. Or he could just sit there and watch TV and we would give him the phone and he could watch a hundred different things. If we put a movie on with him, he will change his mind like 20 times within an hour about what he wants to watch. And I have to continuously remind myself, oh, he's a manifesting generator. Manifesting generators have many different likes many different things appeal to them they have a hard time focusing their attention because they want to keep and consistently try other things and see what kind of fits it's almost like going to a dressing room and trying on a bunch of different clothes and then saying oh i wasn't expecting this to be the thing that fit me the best but this is what i'm feeling like right now this is me where the generators like my daughter those are the kids and the people that when they're doing something that they love they can do it the entire day and they have an endless supply of sacral energy that is 100% my daughter. She can go from waking up at 8 a.m. and then go to bed at 11.30 p.m. the same day without a nap and still have energy and not want to go to bed simply because if she's with the people she loves, doing something she loves like playing, um, painting, going in the pool, being with the people that she really loves to be around, she can do it the entire day. Where the rest of us, especially me as a projector, are like, oh my God, I am wiped out. But because I'm seeing that you're loving it so much, I'm doing it with you, you're kind of passing on some of that energy to me. It gives me an opportunity to say, okay, I can do this a little bit longer, which is literally exactly what we had to do in Hawaii, where it was like when they finally went to sleep, I had to almost take a moment for myself because so much energy throughout the day was spent doing things that my generator daughter wanted to do. But as a projector, I needed to take a moment for myself to just say, okay, she got a chance to utilize every single bit of creative energy that she wanted to get out right now, but I did not have a second to just kind of decompress and take a moment for myself. And for me, taking a moment and like being with myself is reading. I have read 17 books this year already. I love to read so much and I switch when I'm reading. I usually have two to three books that I'm reading at any given time. One of them is normally like some sort of a book on motherhood or some sort of a book on human design or like self-helpy. So it's like how to be your best self. Some people find the term self-help to be a little bit abrasive, like you need help. I personally don't look at it that way. I look at self-help as more of like a growth book or more of like an opportunity to kind of identify the things that work best for you, how to live your best life, how to be your best self and show up the best version that you can be. So that's personally for me how I look at that. But 
those are my favorite types of books. And outside of that, I read murder mysteries. I know it doesn't make any sense. It's like, I love spirituality and I listen to, to podcasts about murder and true crime. Like it, it doesn't hundred percent check out, but that's the beautiful thing about being you is that you can be whatever the hell you want to be whenever the hell you want to be it. And people can love it or not, but that doesn't really matter because the most important thing is that you identify the things within yourself that make you feel the most you and that you can use those to your advantage to fill your own damn cup. So think about the things that you did as a child that you used to love. If it was coloring, if it was reading, if it was science, if it was building, like what are those things? If you look back, what do those things tell you about who you've become, the hobbies that you have, or the things that you feel like you've lost about yourself? Did you still love coloring and now you feel like you've really had this urge to start painting and you don't know why? Because painting is really just the next step after coloring. Coloring is fabulous. Painting is something you can actually hang on the wall. You're usually not going to be hanging one of your coloring colored pencils or crayon drawings on the wall. But painting is something where you can actually use your whole body or using your arm. You're thinking you're getting creative with the colors. Like there's something that's being told to you through the hobbies that you're being drawn to as an adult. And especially those that your kids are kind of pulling out of you as a parent that you need to pay closer attention to. So that was something that really rang true for me when I was reading this book. I also think that creativity and motherhood comes in so many other ways. It comes in friendships. Like what What's something that you can do for one of your girlfriends to show them that you care? How do you show up for your friends? Like what's a way that you can creatively let someone know that you care about them or in your marriage? What did you used to do or think about doing, you know, with your spouse before you got married or what if you're engaged or your fiance is right now? The creativity and finding new fun ways to kind of figure out who you are with your partner is super important for me. I've been trying to be more clear with my husband on things that really matter to me and things that make me feel loved. And so I told him gift giving is something that makes me feel really loved. Like I always love giving gifts to other people. That's something that is my, that is one of the things that I think is my way of showing others that I love them is through gift giving. And for I think for me, like gift giving is definitely something that makes me feel really seen, but also acts of service. Like I'll take out the trash for you or whatever. But I think gift giving is honestly the one that resonates the most with me. And not because I like to collect things or not because I'm like bougie, like, oh, I want this. I want that. There's a little bit of that, I guess. But I just feel like gifts for the most part are personal in the sense that you've thought of someone enough to go out of your way to get them something, even if you ordered it online. And I don't know, I just feel like it's a way of showing appreciation. I always loved to like get my husband and my kids things. Anytime I go anywhere, I want to like get them a little something, but that's just not something that really matters to my husband. Like it does for my kids. And I told him like, sometimes I just want to feel like you care about me, like getting me a, a coffee and that's more of an act of service. Like those are small things that I, I feel like they kind of combine, like they kind of go together, but act of service getting, if you're up before me, make me a cup of coffee. Do you drink coffee? No. Do you, do we have a coffee maker downstairs that I use every single day? Yes. Figure out how to make it and bring me one like in bed. Is that too much to ask? So things like that. So he heard me and he booked me this, he booked me a trip by myself during my sabbatical to go and enjoy myself, conduct my podcast because he knew I'd fallen off, read and just physically and mentally decompress because I'd been overwhelmed at work so much before I went on my sabbatical. 
he heard me and basically said, I feel like this would be good for you to go and have some time for yourself. Go get a great night's sleep. Take yourself out to eat. Go get a massage. Go do something for you. Like, and I, he knows that my alone time is incredibly important to me. And that's something that I've really started to foster more with human design because finding out that I was a projector made me feel a lot more seen. And especially knowing that I'm a six two, a six is a talented role model and kind of feeling like I've always, I've always fell into one of those roles somehow, not for everyone, but for certain people, um, I fell into like that role model space. And that's kind of one of the, that's kind of something that I feel like I'm trying to incorporate at my corporate job right now too, is being a role model for the women that are in similar roles to mine that are continuing to build families and maintain a life with career and kids because it is very, very hard and still do really good work. So that's something that I've been trying to do. But the two in my line, my line two is the hermit. So part of that is the fact that some days I want to be completely outgoing. I want to be out and about with other people. I want to be doing all of these things, talking with people and Then the other part, the two, I want to be a hermit. I want to stay in my room. I want to be by myself. I want my alone time. I want to do my meditation. I want to sit by myself and read. I don't want to be bothered. I just want to be relaxing. And that has allowed me to really identify that one of the things that helps me be the most creative is giving myself that opportunity to lay low for a few minutes, for an hour, 30 minutes, a a day, whatever it might be, and just decompress. It's allowing me to refill my own cup, elicit my creative juices and find ways for me to see what I'm feeling. Like give myself a moment to actually think because we're so busy in the hustle and bustle. Sometimes I feel like we don't even have a moment to actually hear ourselves think or listen to our bodies to say, what is my body or my mind trying to tell me? Am I exhausted? Do I need to take a nap? Do I want to go get my nails done or do I want to sit here and read a book and clean my closet. Like I feel like we just are so used to the go, go, go that when it comes time to us actually having to listen to ourselves and figure out what do I want to do? Why am I feeling this way? What's driving that behavior? We don't even have the time to utilize it. Champagne break. And so I think it's really important to figure out when you become a mom, what can you do to tap back in to that creativity that you had before you had all of the roles and responsibilities that come with being a mom, cook, cleaner, housekeeper, driver, you know, all of the things that come along with motherhood. And don't get me wrong. This is not to say that motherhood is not amazing. I love being a mom more than anything that I have ever done in my entire life. I also think it is so hard some days And that's just the nature of being a parent. That's not going to go away. But what I refuse to let go away is what I uniquely can bring to the table as an individual in my family and how I can continue to propel myself to find things that make me feel excited, that make me feel like I have some sort of a unique purpose that drive me they give me a sense of joy so that I don't just feel like I am going on with a life that's being put in front of me step by step, but that I am building the life that I want brick by brick so that every single step that I take is strategically directed by me, purposefully created 
to help align me with the future self that I want to be so desperately and the things that I have given up in the past or put behind me to allow myself room to grow into the person that I want to be, which means adopting new things, new strategies, new belief systems, new tools, and new habits that will propel me forward instead of hold me back. I think every single mom needs to give themselves at least 20 to 15 minutes a day to either meditate, ask themselves questions, or conduct some sort of journaling or journaling prompts that give you the opportunity to actually ask yourself, where do I feel like I'm finding the most creativity in my life? How can I tap into my creativity? And what did I love to do as a child? Or what things do I love to do the most with my children? You may not love playing cars with your kids and that's okay, you don't have to. Of course, you're gonna have to do it at some point if your kids are begging you to play cars. But if you really loved make-believe as a kid, I mean, be the one to say to your kids, "Who? let's create a character box and every week we can go into our character box and play make-believe your kids are going to be freaking thrilled and you get to create some sort of a character and you can play out that role with them. I just think that it's something that you have to at least ask yourself because if you if you allow that piece of you to live dormant, you're not gonna be able to A, tap into that joyful, creative energy that kids have. Kids are so funny in the sense that if something lights them up, you are going to know it immediately. When my daughter gets excited, her entire body lights up. It's like her eyes get big, her her um, sm- she like smiles so wide, her eyebrows raise, her cheeks come to her chin and her chin and her shoulders go up. Like she is just so excited and same with my son, but my daughter especially is so expressive you want to wake up and find things that make you feel that way. Is it going to be every day? No, absolutely not. But slowly figuring out some of the things and carving in ways for you to utilize the things that make you feel seen and pretty, whether it's dancing. If you love to dance as a kid, maybe you should get certified in bar. Or maybe you should go to a new gym that in, that you know co- incorporates movement or dancing or sign up for Melissa Wood Health. I love her workouts. So it's just really tapping into things that make you feel more beautiful and make you feel like you're able to be seen as a woman, as a mom and a, and a wife, but also that you're not losing pieces of you that you might have felt that you were losing before you became a mom. Because the most important thing that you can remember is that by being the truest version of you and not having that comparison factor to what you should be doing or what other moms are doing, but staying uniquely true to what makes you light up, even if other people don't believe it because they don't have to, but being confident in what you can do as a mom and what you can do as a provider of your own well-being, because let's be honest, moms, no one else is going to really be looking out for our own well-being. So we have to be the ones that are curating what our well being looks like and what that actually means. So doing that and feeling power and bringing some creativity back into your life will be the best thing that you can do for yourself. I am so excited to hear what that looks like for you. So last thing, definitely don't forget this part. Make a list of the things that lit you up as a child draw a line across with a why statement. Why did that light you up? Was it dancing? Was it coloring? I would love to hear what your answers are, but stay tuned next week.
Can't wait for more of season two. Thanks so much for stopping by. And if you feel so inclined, leave me a rating, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Until next week.